Sasha Power is here just to let you know that we now have mugs. So if you would like to get your own Horror Stories mug, please visit kellyaron.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-A-A-R-O-N.com. Thanks, all. Welcome to Horror Stories. I am your host, Kelly, and I'm super excited to be here with my friend, Adam. Adam from the Foul Monkeys podcast. It's so good to have you here. Welcome to Horror Stories. How oh my God. You? Thank you so much for having me. I have been honestly so jealous every time I see somebody on. I'm like, I really want to be on it. So thank you for asking me. I'm so jazzed. Good. I'm just jazzed to have you. I had Ricky on, who is the other host of the Foul Monkeys podcast. And that is actually uh, how I met you as well through this podcast. How long have you been doing the Foul Monkeys podcast? Oh, my God. Um, Honestly, like, I don't even remember. I think it's been like six or seven years at this point. Um, I am not... Obviously, as you know, I'm not the first co-host, um, and it was kind of like, will I be a flavor of the week like some of the past co-hosts? But um, <laughs> it, it's been a minute, and Ricky and I, like, I love him to death, and he's amazing. So I'm so happy he asked me in the first place and that it's been this long. To say, I listened to maybe a couple of few episodes with, I think it was a guy named Roger. Mm -hmm. And then you came on and it just like, you just picked up and kind of took off. And I've, so I use that as an earmark. So I've been listening to this podcast for six or seven years. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, well, and I love it and love what you guys talk about. So hey. I'm just glad to have you here. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit about my basic background information. Um, what are your pronouns? He, him, his. Great. I am she, her, hers. Um, do you mind sharing your age? Not at all. I am 38. I will be 39 in less than two months in May. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, do you mind sharing your sexual orientation? I am... Mm, I generally identify as gay, but there is definitely... I have had a, a multitude of heterosexual or bisexual, I guess, experiences. So it's like, I don't know where that would be on the Kinsey scale. I'm like not against sex with female identifying people across the board, um, but I am primarily gay. Like most of my sex is, is with dudes. Okay, great. Um, and uh, do you mind sharing where you live? I live in Chicago. Great. I like to get an idea, kind of a little bit of background and what part of the country 
you are uh, coming from. It sounds like it's nice and peaceful where you are. I don't hear any craziness <laughs> in the background. I always think Chicago would just be like, you know, Night of the mm-hmm. Living Dead on St. Patrick's Day. But, you know. Well, the <laughs> river was last weekend. Like, they dye the river green, which is, like, notorious. Oh, Um, right. So I don't know why it was last weekend, but maybe they do it every year beforehand. But, like, we accidentally were downtown, and it was completely bananas. (laughs) Nuts. Yeah, I was going to say, I think on a regular day, that's a lot for uh, Kansas City me. But what a cool (laughs) city. I love Chicago. I love it. I love it. It's so fucking cool yep i actually wanted to make it up there god was that that was a couple of novembers ago Mm -hmm. i actually bought tickets months before to go to david David sedaris and couldn't use them because it was like some town that was like even 50 minutes north of you know how you do a plan like that you're like ah it's gonna be perfect and then you're like what the fuck was i thinking right i um i actually my friends took your tickets I'm so happy that they could use them. That yes. makes me feel so good. Thank you. Giving the gift of David Sedaris. Oh, my Seriously. God. Seriously. Just to see what he shows up in alone <laughs> wearing. And then I love to hear him talk about where he bought it, usually mm-hmm. from this uh, store called Capital in Tokyo. Mm. And he'll show up with something that doesn't have armholes in, the, in traditional <laughs> places. Or like a funky pair of culottes. Oh my god! A jacket that looks kind of normal, but then it has a piece of fabric, like, like kind of a skirt hook to it. I don't know. Super cool. You know, I've been amazing. Been watching him for years. Yeah, been hanging out with him for years. So you've been doing this podcast for a uh, for a while. But before we get to that, let me get let me get a little bit more background. Do you mind sharing where you grew up? Um, I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, technically a suburb, but like, I don't know, like 10 minutes from downtown. So, uh, relative to like Chicago, it would be like kind of being from Evanston, which is like one suburb north of Chicago. Do you have ties there? Do you still go back? Yes, I go back at least once a year, if not more. Um, my family who I'm actually pretty close to, um, especially my mom's side, they all live there still. And I love to see them. Um, I have an aunt who is very close in age to me, who I talk about on the podcast all the time. Yes. Yes. Um, and she's amazing. And so like, she I sounds so great. We text on the regular. So. Very cool. It seems like a great part of the country. I've not spent a lot of time there, but just historically, I'm a huge history buff. And yeah. historically speaking, you know, it's where it all started, baby, over on that side. So yeah. fabulous. Um, so when did you think that you might be attracted to just more than the traditional heterosexual sitch? Um, well, it's kind of funny in that I think I always have had a little bit of that sort of like feeling i think it's honestly like 100 percent true when people are like i was five and i knew i like dudes i remember seeing oh my god like um bob hoskins in who framed roger rabbit yes (laughs) and being like hmm 
Okay. Okay. Um, but like I went through like elementary was, school. I just look, I love that it was him. Right. I love that it was him. Okay. Like what's funny is like, I've talked to a lot of people that have been like, oh my God, same. Like Bob Hoskins was hot as fuck in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like he's like shirtless at one point, And I'm like, that's for me. Um, but, um, so, like, I hooked up with guys, like, one of my best friends starting in, like, maybe eighth grade, and it was always strictly, like, I had girlfriends, and that was, like, a romantic attraction, but I knew I liked dicks, (laughs) So there was like, there was like a total separation where I was like, okay, like I can have a relationship with a girl, but I would really like to put a penis in my mouth. Yeah. So kind of early on and then, um, uh, any like coming out stories, um, what was it like? Um, it was weird, kind of. (laughs) I, um, so like towards the end of my senior year, I started seeing kind of, I kind of started dating somebody who was also like not sure that they were gay and we, it was like our first experiences together. And I decided I wanted to start coming out to like my friends. And he was like very much like, absolutely not. Like I am not ready. I'm in the closet And it was like, we worked at an amusement park together in Pittsburgh. We were like seen together all the time. We hung out constantly. And he was like, if you come out, like, they're going to know I'm your boyfriend. And I was like, girl, like, they already know. (laughs) Like, um, So he was very, he had a very bad reaction when I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm coming out. Um, And was not very nice about it um we have since like buried the hatchet um but i did not come out to my family other than aunt nicole we were in the parking lot of like i think it was a popeyes and i was taking her to the amusement park where i worked where i dated a dancer in the show after my first boyfriend and i was like hey so i'm gay and you're gonna meet my boyfriend and she like super rolled with it and was like first of all like don't tell your mother yet (laughs) um let me like lay some groundwork down and she was like she's always been super supportive and just wonderful so but then my mom what a great person to have in your corner i know she's wonderful um sorry but uh like my mom coming out was a whole like coming out to my mom was a like a nightmare situation which I can talk about if you want. Yeah, do if you're comfortable talking about it. Absolutely. I don't want to just I feel like I'm talking so much, which I guess is the point of a podcast, but Yes, this is a <laughs> horror stories. This is an interview. Yeah, we're going to talk about you, baby. I want to know your stories. And I like to know the background, and I get yeah. a lot of good feedback about how people like, you know, to hear sort of people's stories and then you know, then when you we get to the juicy stuff, it just makes it kind of that much more interesting because we sort of have a little bit more of an idea of how you got there you know right so tell right us, 
Yeah, tell us what happened. Um, so that guy that I was dating, who was like my second official boyfriend, um, stayed with me and my mom. Um, I'm from a single parent family. My mom and I have always been super, super close. Um, and my boyfriend was a freshman in college the year that I was graduating. So he was like 19 and I was like 18. He was between apartments in the summer, like he was moving and he had like two days between like his lease ending and his lease starting. And he was looking for somewhere to stay. And I was like, oh, absolutely. You can stay with us. I'll ask my mom. It'll be cool, whatever. So I did that and he came and he is like, you cannot hide his light under a bushel. If you know what I mean? Like he is, (laughs) um, so, and Right, right. And he's wonderful. And like now, like I, I, like I think I like look butch, but someone once said, you look like a lumberjack until you open your mouth and your purse falls out. (laughs) So, which I am fine with at this point. You do have a great, you have a fabulous beard. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to lie. I get it. I get why people say it. Um, oh, I love having a beard because I look like I'm 12 without it. Um, anyway, so he comes to stay with us. And my mom, at one point, like after we had dinner or something, he's taking a shower, getting ready to go to bed or something. And my mom's like, I think your friend is gay. And I was like... I don't know. Maybe it's none of my business. Maybe he is. I don't know. Right. And the whole time, like I had been like banging this dude, like, you know, a screen door in a hurricane, as they say. Um, (laughs) And she had like, (laughs) um, So, like, fast forward my freshman year of college, I had my own cell phone plan um, that I paid for myself um, because my mom is wonderful. She's referred to herself as a lone wolf. So she she did not get a cell phone until literally, like, five years ago. Wow. Right? So she, (laughs) she was opening my mail because my cell phone bill would come to the house instead of like my dorm room. And I would just like send her money to pay for it or whatever. And she goes, you're calling this number from the specific area code where my boyfriend had said he was from. Um, She's like, you're calling it like a lot, like three or four times a day. Like what is going on? And I was like, I we're like best friends. Like that's, why wouldn't I talk to him all the time or whatever? And she was like, really? I think you're a little bit more than just friends. And I was like, not ready to come out at all, like at all at all. And (laughs) I am like heart racing. Like like, I can like feel the tension in my body like to this day. And she just was like, something is going on and I think you're more than friends. And... I just need you to admit it. And I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this over the phone. And she said, that's all you needed to say. And like hung up on me and didn't talk to me other than like, unless it was absolutely necessary 
the rest of my freshman year of college. Wow. So. That's, uh, that's rough. That's a rough time. You know, so yeah. much transition is already happening. And then, yeah. you know, and uh, you hear about if you come out to your family, give them a year to ask insane questions or be mm -hmm. upset. And then after that, they need to get their shit together. But that's easier said than done when you're mm -hmm. ni 19 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it was... Gosh. We did not have a good relationship about that part of my life for... Oh my god, like right before I moved here and I've been here for like 11 years. So like it was a very touchy subject until like three or four years before I moved here. And one of my boyfriends like repaired my mom's cabinets. And that was like, I feel like that was her being like, okay, like I'm slowly like I'm getting into it. Right. This cabinet repair is winning me over. <laughs> right. Slowly but surely, but if I mean, we got him to do a backsplash, that might be just what I need to right? get me over the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah, so, well good. Thank goodness that she came around and, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, what a, what a great... <laughs> Thing to even if she was upset, you know, you still had your aunt validating mm -hmm. you, letting you know you are a wonderful person, you're fine just the way you are. Like all those things that I think are really important to tell a person when they're mm -hmm. coming out and, and being vulnerable. So, um, that's yes. a good, good part of it. But sorry, that was rough. Um, uh, let's, um, uh, talk a little bit more about foul monkeys because that can kind of segue us to some, uh, fun stories. <laughs> um, I, uh, like I was talking about earlier, I've listened for that same amount of time that you've been on. We, you started to come on just about the same time that I started listening, which is kind of mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Do you have any, have you ever had any, um, well, how did you get, how did you meet, uh, Ricky? How'd you get started with it? So Ricky was one of my partner, my husband's best friends. Um, so that's how I met Ricky. And then it just was like, we had a lot in common and we would like hang out in the same friend group a lot. And the hosts, I think the hosts right before Roger, um, were coming off of the show. Like they weren't going to be on the show. Um, and so George had, who is my husband, um, had been actually on foul monkeys, like two hosts before me, um, as just like a guest um, and he's super quiet, so I'm not going to talk a lot about him, but he's like very private. So I have no idea how his episode turned out. Um, he probably said three words. So, um, but that's how I met Ricky. And then things were, 
you said you listened to a little bit of Roger, so I'm not going to mince words. Things were not working out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and that's like putting it kind of mildly. How long had he been? How long had he been on there? Um, I think not that long. Like maybe mm. two years. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, but. There was, like, some negative feedback. Things weren't vibing. Um, And Ricky was like, I think you would be hilarious. And you and I have a great rapport. And it'll just be super fun. And it turns out he was right. It is. It is. And here we are, fast forward. Yay. I've been listening. And you've been on it, like, years into Mm -hmm. it. It's just... It's just fun. It's always the first one I listen to when it pops up into my feed because it's just, I know it's going to be just fun banter and y'all are hilarious. And then you added Jerry as Mm -hmm. a host to out in, uh, I think he's in West Hollywood, California. I mentioned that to Sasha the other day because she's also in beautiful Southern California out there. Um, sunned it up out there mm-hmm. so have you ever had any like obviously Ricky's been doing it for 17 years and a lot of those were very formative years you know mm-hmm. he's we talked about the fact that he's 46 now so he started that podcast when he was you know just a little over 30 years old and mm-hmm. obviously those formative years you know uh, mm-hmm. there's there can be a lot of horror stories during those those years and so there were some like listener uh you know some listener affairs so to speak (laughs) um have you ever had any um interesting interactions with a listener if you want to say or (laughs) you ever Um, fucked any of your listeners do you want (laughs) to say did you ever like any hard flirts do you ever get any dick pics oh my god Um, we get marriage proposals what does the last part say? Dick pics. I can't remember. You've got a you've got a spiel at the end. Oh my god! Talking. Um, I can't even remember. <laughs> like I recorded that so long ago, but we like picks marriage proposals. <laughs> um, we do get a lot of dick pics. Um, we welcome them. Um, and we're like, I don't. We're extremely body positive for the first like. That's a hundred percent like our jam. Um, we're all different body types. We've been on, you know, body journeys, um, as everyone is. So it's never about like, oh, that's a pretty dick. Oh, that's an ugly dick or whatever. It's, we just like seeing dicks. Um, and Amen. like, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I, don't think I've hooked up. Well, okay. So I definitely have hooked up with people who have become listeners, um, which I feel like kind of proud of. Like, like have I have I fucked somebody into liking the show? Maybe. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Sounds like it. So yeah, but we've talked about on Foul Monkeys, um, Keith, Hot Keith, that we call him. Um, and we haven't heard from Keith in a while, but which is fine. But he has come to Chicago for like business or whatever, and we've gone out with him. And I'm we've gotten like 
kind of drunk with him, and I'm pretty sure we made out. So there was that's that's the one that I've like has been a listener for a while, and then we met, and then I was like, okay, Keith, you're hot. Yeah, hot Keith. In fact, is his name going mm-hmm. forward? Hi, hot. Ke- <laughs> hey, hot Keith. Hey. Um. I like it. I like it. Um, I just started my um, podcast in uh, October and um, haven't gotten any dick pics or uh, fucked any listeners. Um, uh, so I'm I'm living vicariously through the makeouts. And stuff, you know, you know, it's I early days. Shit. <laughs> and yeah, it's yes. Yes. It's early. <laughs> You never know what the right what the future holds. My gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Let's get down to some more little horse stories here, Adam. Yes. Uh, talk to me about group sex. You ever had it? You like it? You had it and you don't like it? Leave it on the table. Is it on the menu regularly? How do you feel about it? Um, to be perfectly honest, it has been one of my favorite activities for a very long time. Um, I was always very interested in it. And (laughs) I, um, so I was like serial monogamist kind of. And then the one, the first summer, I think it was the summer I turned 20. I was like, you know what? Like, it sounds like a threesome would be like really hot. I'm going to I'm going to track one down. I'm going to like set something up or whatever. And the first time I actually had a group encounter was a foursome. So I like jumped a little bit further (laughs) into the pool than just a threesome. And that is so funny. It's like just baptism. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. And it was like, I was like, this is for me. (laughs) So... (laughs) now talk to me about like um so you know sometimes the group sex situations there's some ebbs and flows where Mm -hmm. you've got sometimes you're hard into the action and then sometimes you're a little on the periphery and sometimes Mm -hmm. you're watching and sometimes you're joining now four obviously is different than three opens Mm -hmm. up a little more possibilities how did you feel about maneuvering a foursome and you're kind of the chemistry with the rest of the group and I mean Mm -hmm. obviously it was a good experience so can you tell me a little bit more about it yes um well so I'm as you know like I'm a performer um so I I do like to be the center of attention um but there's (laughs) I've had some pretty large, (laughs) um, I've had some pretty large group encounters, to be frank. Um, And I have found, and I've definitely talked about this on the show, and like Jerry would 100% attest to it. it, It's dangerous sometimes to bottom in a group situation because then everybody wants a turn. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like unless you're like really into that or ready for that it it can it can get overwhelming um so i am not and i don't know if this is a question like in the future but 
like presently I'm pretty much strictly like top. Um, I have bottomed in the past, um, and I'm not opposed to it. Uh, it's just, I'd like more power to bottoms because it's a lot of work. It's like physically exhausting and I am like not always ready for that, either like clean or, um, like mentally. So, um, but I, I guess like I got away from the question, but I like watching. No, you I didn't. Um, good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, but no, some I, of your, so in these bigger group situations, Adam, as it kind of turned into like more of, has the focus gone from like ever gone from an orgy to a gangbang where you're the one in a gangbang? And do you know the difference when I'm talking about orgy yes. versus gangbang? Okay. Of course. So have you had that kind of evolve into a gangbang situation where you were the one amongst a group of people and the focus was on you like that? Um, I will, without like <laughs> getting into too many details or like bringing it down, I had a very negative experience where that happened. Um, and it, like, to be frank, it was like not really consensual. Um, mm -hmm. So that's probably part of the reason why I'm like, Ugh, no, but um I was at an orgy in Liverpool um, when I was in grad school over there. And a funny story, there were like competing orgies where these guys, um, these like one set of hosts, like kind of hated the other set of hosts. And they were like very competitive about like who could go to what orgy, <laughs> which is like hilarious. Um, so funny. So, because, you know, how many of them are there really? <laughs> I like it's sometimes wonderful and scary as a gay man in a large, in like a big city. Like Liverpool is either the second or third biggest city, like in the UK or like in Great Britain, I suppose. Um, so it's so easy to find shit like that, like in Chicago mm. or there. Um, but these were literally like two or three blocks from each other. And it was wild. Like, I lived in between them. It was crazy. Um, but the first time I went, this guy was, like, he was bottoming. And it, like, I'm not even lying. Like, people fucking lined up. Yeah. And he was, like, at one point, he was, like, D -d 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 -I, like I'm done. Like, I cannot take, like, a 15th dick right now. And it was a very positive like consensual thing like everybody was like absolutely like we'll stop like take a break like you don't have to bottom anymore like um so it was a very a good different situation to like one that i had experienced but um that also made me like be like like unless i'm gonna like go for it and power bottom like that's not for me yeah yeah that's uh that that would be overwhelming and and a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I've been uh, involved in some gangbangs um, in the past, but uh, never the one. And yeah, I can imagine that that would be uh, that would be pretty wild, especially in that situation. Um, mm -hmm. So, what are some of the? Um, so, you had a good first group sex experience with that foursome. What are some other ones that are sort of, you know, because you said you really enjoy it. So um, you got any other ones that were like the right, right 
amount of people and chemistry mm-hmm. and flow and anything funny happened, crack anybody up. I don't know. <laughs> Sex is so funny. And when you get into right? a group, it's it's great to have people who have a good sense of humor and can just kind of laugh because it's like, right. yeah, I'm over here licking this guy's asshole. My face, <laughs> I'm deep in it. I'm deep in it, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and people are wondering if I'm going to come up for air uh, you know, and it's it's kind of it can be kind of uh, fascinating. Do you have any examples of that? Um, I and this is I'm not ashamed of it, but like I've had so much, honestly, like group sex. And it's not like a brag, but like I have. Um, so to let's see, to like narrow it down once in the UK, um I think it was, yeah, it was just a threesome, two super hot guys, and, like, I was kind of in my bottoming era, and <laughs> I'm bottoming for the one guy, and all of a sudden, I feel, like, another knock at the back door, and I was like, ooh, I was like, single occupancy only, baby, like, <laughs> we are not that adventurous. I mean go dp if you want i've been a dp top oh, i'm down um sure. but what like up? i can't i'm not i'm not that uh much of a bottom um they were very lovely about it um once and this is two of my dearest friends who sadly are now divorced but it's probably all for the best um whom I met in college. Um, they live not far from where I went to college and I used to go and hook up with them all the time or like one-on-one or whatever, stay at their house. They're like the, like the loveliest people. George has met them. Like they're just awesome. Um, and they were having somebody over and I just happened to be there and they were like, are you down? And I was like, absolutely. I'm down. Like if he's down, I'm down. Um, we'll have a good time. And this guy was a hundred percent into it, was fully committed. And we're like, things are happening and he's bottoming. And, um, he was like, um, I think it was the third guy. Like I had gone, my other friend had gone, or maybe it was just me and the one guy topping, but he was like, Oh, like, I, like, kind of like flirty coy was like, I don't know if I can, like, take another one. And was like, all like, ass in the air about it and things like that. And I don't fully remember it, but my friend Scott was like, you were like, you're getting it. And <laughs> so sometimes they like, if I'm hanging out with them, they like joke about it, or they'll just be like, you're getting it out of nowhere. So that was fun. Uh, just those unscripted moments. You just never know what's going to come out of your mouth. And that's a right? good one. It was very applicable. It was very, very applicable. It was. And he got it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. Those were good examples. Um, do you have any favorite sex acts? Um, yes, absolutely. I 100% and you do know this already. I love to eat ass. I love, 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 mm. love it. Love it. Yes. Same. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. Especially when they're really into it, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of like pushing back against you and the noises and the... Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Can I? Super so fun. recently, fairly recently, two separate dudes um, came hands free just for me eating their ass. And I was so I'm like, so oh, proud. <laughs> I am proud of you, my friend. I just went like I just people can't see this because it's a podcast without <laughs> audio. But I just did like a like, wow, yeah. that is mm, I totally get it. There's just so much sensation and so much mm-hmm. just everything. And if you get somebody who's adept at it, it's just like. it's so much fun and like i enjoy getting it done but um what's weird is like i have like a short fat tongue so like you would think that i'm not like necessarily naturally that good at it but literally my first boyfriend ever i was like look like i know this is gonna sound crazy but like take a shower i want to put my tongue in your butt and he was like that is nuts but I guess like we'll give it a shot. And as soon and he sat on my face, and as soon as he sat down, and I and he was like, "Yes, ma'am, yes." <laughs> like I am down. I am converted. Like this will be part of our regular repertoire from here on out. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I went through a period of time where I would just hook up with a dude, and these are probably mostly straight guys, and just. Um, um, pretty much just roll that out sort of right out of the gate. I just was at a point where I didn't give a fuck. And I know yes. that was probably because that's kind of unusual, probably mm-hmm. uh, just for like straight out of the gate, uh, right. uh, hetero couple or whatever. Um, and a lot of guys of these guys had never done it before. Um, but, um, you know, I got a lot of callbacks even when I was done, you know. <laughs> Uh, yes. So yeah, callbacks. That's good. Love yeah, it. Very nice. Same. Remedy, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you consider yourself kinky at all? Um. Yes. Yes. I. How would I? I've done. There's not a lot I haven't done. Um, there's nothing necessarily like kinky that I do on the regular, but there's, I'm open pretty much to, to most things. And, um, I went through a small, um, like e-stim, like electro phase. Um, but it's so expensive. Like a lot of kinks are really expensive. Are is that thing also known as like a tens? Do they call yes. that a tens? Okay, okay. Can you describe to the listeners what that is, Adam? So there's a variety of ways that you can hook it up, but it's essentially like a small, like I guess like electrical control box, um, and you put like batteries in it, and you put electrodes on your body wherever you want the sensation, and it's like. Um, do you like they use it for like back pain and it's like kind of like it like makes your muscles twitch and stuff like that um it's funny like there's like an old school like um like ab exerciser where you like put it on your belly and it like oh yes um it's kind of like that except they put 
they like have specific attachments that are like for your dick or uh, wherever you want to put it. And um, it's wild and also fun. And they have what oh God, the violet wand is another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah. How do you like that? So you like that one? Yes. Yes. Um, I, I would say like in my twenties, I was kind of like ticking boxes and I was like, okay, like I want to be a sub for like, uh, just for the experience or I want to be like a dom or, you know, I want to, I don't know, like be in a sling, whatever. Um, and Electra was part of that. And I definitely like, I hooked up with this guy that was adept and like had a lot of equipment and I did like it. Like it, it is fun, but it's expensive. <laughs> yes. I've never tried a tens, but I have tried a violet wand and it makes a difference on what attachments are put on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a whip. It's like, if don't come at me with a single tail whip, don't come at me with the thing that looks like a dental tool that goes on the end of that <laughs> violet wand. That's just like a single stream. I yes. want the thing that looks like the guy that was doing it to me. I was like, fuck no on that. So he took that off and put this thing on that looked like Christmas tree tinsel. And oh, then you yeah. rub that on me. And then it was like, it's kind of like a flogger versus mm-hmm. a single tail or cat of nine whip where it's like the mm-hmm. energy is being, you know, the dispensation of yes. and the distribution of the energy is different. So you might get something like when he would go into, I'm trying to remember, um, when he went into like my fattier tissues, like closer mm-hmm. to my torso, it fe- it felt kind of tickly. And mm-hmm. then when he went out to my arms and legs with that tinsel, it kind of felt a little bit like a mild tattooing sensation. Mm. Okay. So that also made a difference. Have you ever tried some different attachments with that thing? And do you have any preferences? Yes. So, um... I would say it's like kind of super basic, but like, and it all like the thickness of the rings, like it's essentially like almost like a cock ring. Um, but the attachment that I liked was not like a full cock ring that would go around like your, your balls as well. Um, but it was like, it fit around the base and there was one like near the head as well. So there were like two and the thinner rings I think worked better for me and it felt like, and I mean this in a good way, um, like someone was taking, it felt like, like the teeth of like a comb going up and down the shaft, um, which might sound like scary or like that wouldn't be pleasant. Um, but it was just like ripples kind of between the two. And it was just like wildly cool. It was very fun. That's a great way to describe it. I can almost just like, you know, you can kind of see how the the electricity would just be, you know, bouncing between those rings and the sensations in between. That is just fucking cool. Did you, so you dated somebody who had that stuff. Have you ever been to a dungeon? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, Um, Not a private dungeon. But, like, I've been to places that have had, like, a, a 
playroom that was a dungeon with like a St. Andrew's cross and all of that stuff. I asked because that's where I ran into my violet wand experience and wondered um, uh, what you had seen uh, in in the dungeons that you were in. Um, like, can you give me an example of the last time or one of the recent time you were there and something that you would participate in at said dungeon? Um, it's been a while for me. Um, I'm trying to think. So like one of my best friends used to be the doorman at a now defunct closed leather bar slash fetish bar in Pittsburgh. Um, which was awesome. And it was like, for a while, it was like a lesbian bar on the top floor. And then the basement was a leather bar. Um, but I used to go and pick him up from work and like wait until he was done and just hang out for a little bit and go in like the back room and then the dungeon and all of that stuff. Um, I, I like dark rooms. Um, I like... Again, I'm like more of a a top for the most part. So I don't necessarily like being subby, but I like being the guy who is uh, participating in the dominance. I've never been like mm. 100% like the only guy like whipping somebody, but I'll take a turn. Um, you bring definitely some with you? Um, no, they actually would have some. So nice. I just wanted to get the picture. I, you know, part of me was like, what, mm-hmm. you know, kind of imagining you rolling up with like your, like, <laughs> you know, some kind of tool belt, except it had like a lot of accoutrement. In oh my there, God. So you could figure out, like, you could ask these dudes, do you like it stingy or thuddy? Right? Safe word. Um, I was in a fraternity in college and I definitely have fraternity paddles. Um, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you like, it's probably not surprising the <laughs> amount of guys that are like, oh, I absolutely want to be paddled by an ex rap boy. Yes. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that is. Mm, you'd have to form a queue, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Put put some cones up for that. <laughs> uh, for sure. For sure. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, uh, what would you say are some of your wildest sexual experiences? Like if you were to, if somebody was like, give me like a quintessential horror story, Adam, what, what would you come up with? Oh my gosh. Um, it's kind of an extended, there's, there's sort of like two parts and it's, I talked about the guys who hosted orgies in Liverpool Um, one half of the couple that hosted the one that I probably went to the most, um, was super into groups and he, he, so I lived, I went to the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts, which is where John Lennon and Paul McCartney like went to school. Dang. Um, so being a history lover, I can't even imagine what that was It was super cool. It was super cool. And like he, Paul McCartney bought it and turned it into essentially like fame. Like, so it's like, I was just going to say it's like fame, except the people have better accents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. So it's right across from the massive Anglican cathedral of Liverpool. And 
there's like kind of like catacombs sort of like below the cathedral that you can walk through and i never in a million years so this guy from the orgy this guy who was like one of the hosts was like i'm gonna take you down there and i'm gonna have like bottoms bent over the gravestones oh, <laughs> and i was like okay like i'm down like i was i was an absolute like that was my sluttiest period because I was like, I'm in my 20s. Seriously. I'm in Europe. A catacombs and fucking. How are you going to say no to that? <laughs> You're in Europe. Yeah. I, how often are you going to be in Pittsburgh? And there's, they're not a, they're, we don't have a catacombs over here. If right? you're going to get fucked in a catacombs, like you got to make hay while the sun is shining, my friend. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, I was going to say that guy also ran an off license. Um, which is like a British convenience store slash liquor store. Um, and he once before, oh, he was like, show up before opening. And he like, he fucked me over like the cash register. And then we watched it on the security camera. I knew you were just going to be an awesome guest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that's such a great idea. It you was know? fun. It was fun. But also like <laughs> I am honestly like if I ever get into film because I'm an actor, um they're going to come back to this and be like, mm, "We're not going to nominate you for an Oscar, you ho." <laughs> but I'm fine with it. Oh, quite the contrary. We'll nominate you for two. Absolutely. <laughs> I just saw a trifecta of Jamie Lee Curtis's awards, and one of them was the butt plug from everything, everywhere, <laughs> yes. all at once. So I think we'll just incorporate that, and uh, absolutely, you know, no shame in that at all. So that is hilarious. I'm just picturing this scene too, because you also said competing orgies between these guys that were a little bit kind of nemesis. So was it like? Um, they're the guests we're gonna get this guest over here to my party and it's the bigger party and it's the da 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 what was the mm-hmm. how do you how do you how do you kind of come how do you declare a winner in a dueling <laughs> orgy i am i am intrigued it was like they couldn't have them at the same time kind of like they were like very much like don't you take like tuesday at eight o'clock you bitch it was very um the code they had yeah there was like you had to have them at different times and they also like they were kind of like we want to have a bigger one um there was one that was like quantity over quality and the other one was more quality over quantity so you know what my next question is which house would you have preferred in that situation adam um honestly like the quality one and i feel guilty saying that because the other guys were like really good to me um and just the they both were like wonderful guys but the other one was like midday and i love like some afternoon delight and i would just be between classes and they would be like hey we have five guys coming over like do you want to hang out and they were all hot oh my god so it's like you could get a little dabble in the afternoon and then you know Mm -hmm. go about your way in the evening 
Oh, yes. Wow. Very convenient. God. Very convenient. Just so cool. And I mean, it was Liverpool. This is some pretty fabulous. And what a time in your life where you're in school for, were you in school for acting or voice or what were you doing? Um, acting is my official like degree, but I kind of focused on musical theater was like my thing. And I wanted to ask you about that part. Uh, so while we're talking about it, obviously, um, that, uh, sparked a lifelong love of, I mean, you're still way into it doing theater. Are you involved in any productions right now, Adam? Um, I am not. Um, the last thing I did was, uh, a little less than a year ago. Um, well, I directed, the last thing I did technically was like, I directed a show, like a, like a full play, um, that was a world premiere. What was it? Um, it was called, uh, The Shady Lady. What was that experience like? Um, it was super fun. It's not the first thing I've directed, but it's the first full, like, two-act play that I've directed in Chicago. Um, yeah, it was super cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, so you would direct again? I would. I don't know. I, like, I was just super tired. I had done two shows back to back as an actor that like kind of like overlapped like one was closing when I was starting to rehearse the other and then when I was closing um spelling bee the 25th annual Putnam County spelling bee um I was like the male lead in that I was Barfay um which was you shaved your beard you shaved yes. your beard for it you look oh my so God. cute I it's so funny because everybody in that cast was like early to mid 20s and there were uh, people would be like you look like the youngest person on stage (laughs) which is funny you take the beard away it was true i saw well i mean i don't know what the other people look like but you look like a baby i did but like by the time i so like that show was overlapping with the shady lady And by the end of The Shady Lady, I was like, I don't want to direct here ever again. Like, I've been here at this theater company for, like, literally, like, nine months straight. I need a break. Um, So I haven't auditioned for anything. I haven't. I've been asked to do some stuff, but, like, I just, I really haven't done much. Um, So, yeah. You need a pause after that. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work in a short amount of, well, it's a lot of work anyway, but to stack them up like that, I can't even imagine. I actually put two and two together a while ago. I saw that play at Circle in the Square in New York, and I want to say maybe Jesse Tyler Ferguson might have been in it in in 2006. Yep, he Um, was. And I just... I look back on that because, of course, I didn't know who he was at the time. And then mm-hmm. it, it clicked some years later. But uh, what a fun play. What a really cool oh my God. opportunity. It's so fun, but it is so much work. It, it's, you know, the, the premise is children at a spelling bee being played by adults. And... I no, spoiler alert it's been out for like 20 years at this point but like my character right. wins so I me and the runner up are the last people on stage and we are on stage the entire show except for one song 
because they were like, you can have like a five minute break. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. What a wild experience. Because if you think about it, that's just, you know, that's not a typical play. You've got actors Mm -mm. coming on and off the stage. You've got different ensembles and exchanges. But to have Mm -hmm. to just be out there straight all that time is just... It is a lot. That's incredible. That's a lot. And then when you were when you were directing Shady Lady, were you kind of I know you said you were exhausted, but was there any part of you that um, that was longing to be actually up on the stage? Um, so for that show, interestingly enough, it was workshopped at a theater festival here called Rhino Fest. And I know the playwright, um, who is wonderful, super talented. Um, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying her name is Lisa Delagerino Ferrand. Um, it's a lot, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> she is hilarious and wonderful. So I workshopped like a short one act version of it, um, as an actor, like I was in it. Um, so it was like, I had already done it almost kind of, um, and there's not really a role for me necessarily, um, in the full production, I would say. Um, but it was, yeah, no, I would say I was cool with just directing it and it was fun to like, Mm -hmm. she was there like, and I love, I think, I feel like some people would be like, I don't want to be like influenced by the writer. And I was like, come on, girl, like, let's collaborate. Right. Let's collaborate. Tell me your ideas. Mm -hmm. What's your vision? Oh, I think that would be very fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for you. So just taking a small break. But um, do you want to say what theater that you or what company or uh, say not? I was just thinking if somebody (laughs) wants to come and see what you're in the next time you do something. Yeah. um, It's called St. Sebastian. Um, And St. Sebastian Players, I guess, is the full name. Um, But it's like community theater vibes but like really high quality productions like um this season this was like the first season that they were like fully full season eligible for what's called a jeff award which is like the local chicago like tonys essentially um and they've gotten nominations and they've gotten jeff recommendations um and they're just wonderful and they've been around for like 40 plus years Chicago is just, I mean, so many things, so much entertainment, comedy, theater rooted in Chicago. I had heard not long ago that um, there were some uh, cities that were really giving the New York uh, and Broadway area a run for their money. Is Chicago one of those towns, Adam, that kind of has that reputation? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I don't know if you know what Steppenwolf is, but... It's a super famous theater that, like, uh, who... I I don't want to say who founded it, because I feel like I would get it wrong, but, like, uh, Laurie Metcalf, um, John Malkovich, Gary Sinise. um, Oh, my God. Who wrote Bug? I I can't remember. Oh, my God. Terry... Fuck. I can't remember. I'm so... I'm so bad. Uh, Tracy Letts, not Terry. Oh, my God. Um... But, like, all of these incredible people, like, August Osage County was, like, uh, a play that was, like, done through Steppenwolf. Um, 
I'm intimidated. Like, I don't, like, at one point I was like, I want to work at Steppenwolf. But now I'm, like, a little bit, like, I've heard stories about them, like, actors throwing chairs at each other and crazy shit like that. So I'm kind of like, ooh. Right, right. And I think that's always so wild when you have people that work like that together because um, I can't have you throw a chair at me and then you want to, like, chat with me at the water cooler. I can't, like, <laughs> right. I can't compartmentalize. Like, like you're on my cunt list at that point. And you got to <laughs> yes. gotta work to get off of it. Like, I can't. So that whole, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hear people probably real competitive and just real passionate. But uh, shit. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. wild. Oh, my God. But yeah, so I've, I don't know a lot about Chicago and the scene. But I do, you know, obviously hear a ton about the theater and mm-hmm. uh, music and um, uh, comedy, stand up, uh, improv, all of that stuff is. Yeah rooted i mean you don't talk about new york you talk about chicago when you talk about a lot of those things um yes kind of uh um what a cool city to live in i love it okay let's go back because i um i segued that way because we kind of sort of uh we're talking a little bit about the acting and i thought um i wanted to ask you about that part so i thought i would just go that way but i'm not done asking you some (laughs) naughty questions do you have some more time i do yeah Okay, good. I've had you on for like an hour, but I'm not done with you, Adam. Okay. Woo! Uh, woo. Um, what's a fetish too far for you? You know what I mean by um, that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like the traditional thing to say is like no blood, no scat. Um, and I, I would get behind that. Um, to a certain extent, like there are people who are into like branding and scarification and that's not something like that I would do. Um, I, and we joke about this on foul monkeys all the time about this guy in Pittsburgh who would pay guys to shit on him, um, by the inch. Mm -hmm. It was like $50 an inch. Um, and we've like beat it into the ground. We always talk about toilet for college because that was his screen name. Um, but that like even that i'm like in a nutshell spells it out right right exactly it does what it says on the tin um oh my god i love it but like i'm that doesn't bother me as much i'm not saying that would be like an active part of something that i would be like super interested in but that i don't fully understand the desire to bleed or cut oneself um but if you want to have somebody poop on you like okay like whatever you do you yeah you do you exactly have you ever listened to the risk podcast kevin allison used to be in the state and he has a podcast have you ever heard no risk no it's really good and he had a guest on there where he had a guy telling a story one time and i'm telling you it was like it had me riveted and i i think i listened to it twice but it was this guy and he was explaining he hadn't been into scat previously but he ended up with like a daddy who liked it so he was just describing this encounter and the way he describes it go down 
where mm-hmm. this daddy is shitting in his mouth, the way mm-hmm. he describes it go down is just like, I mean, you just want to <laughs> honestly, you just want to like a uh, grab a beverage and just belly up a yeah. chair and just really fucking listen. Cause I'm telling you, the sky was a fucking storyteller. I mean, yeah. it was really, really riveting. So I've tried to find it and I can't see. Uh-huh. I was trying to find it for somebody recently. Maybe I was trying to find it for Sasha. But um, it was just a super uh, interesting. Um, so, yeah. 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 Like not something I'm going to run out and do, but just uh, right. if that's what you want to do. And it's all consensual. Yeah, yeah, no, I I find it like kind of fascinating and I definitely chatted with this guy and was like I'm not saying I'm going to do it but like I want to know more about like what what like kind of like does it for you? Like what about it is exciting? Um and like how like the the why's and the hows, I guess. Um and so like I got a lot of information about it. It was it was very fascinating. It really is. It's just kind of like, you know, one of those things that's like, hmm, but it's not, it's different than like, uh, for me, seeing somebody having a lot of pain inflicted on them Mm -hmm. would be something that would be uh, a little bit disturbing. I remember one year, if you ever watched the Hump Film Festival, Dan Savage Mm -hmm. has got a film festival. Yeah. Yeah, they do it here. a couple things. Oh my gosh, yeah. So have you been to the theater and gone to the theater and seen it? Yes, it's one of my so first of all it's always at one of my favorite theaters, the Music Box. Um and it's just a very cool vibe. And I love that I've seen a lot of artsy porn at the Music Box actually. How cool. I've seen Hump a couple of few times in person at the theater and uh yeah, it's really great to experience it with other people, but mm-hmm. I seem to remember one of those snippets that had um uh, and, you know, there are things that he definitely fetishes too far and things that he limits from the festival. But I want to say mm-hmm. um, maybe there was a tiny little bit of blood. I don't know. I remember mm. something that was like, <gasps> like it was yeah. a kind of a BDSM scene where somebody was maybe getting their ass kicked a little bit. Was it a vintage yeah. one? Do you remember what I'm talking about? It was. I, like, remember... I want to say there was some black leather. They maybe not even totally naked. Maybe some black leather bikini looking things and a little bit older film. I don't remember. Yeah. So I don't think I saw that, but I remember hearing about it. I definitely it was like one that was just like, huh? You know, yeah, because it was people did talk about it because it was yeah. one of the more shocking ones. Yeah. And then, of course, that other shocking one um, that everybody talks about is the one with the buttered toast. You know, what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> oh, my God. I did you, Dan... were you at the theater? Did you see that one? Yes. I saw it too. It was hilarious. I was with somebody who went up and went to the bathroom and she missed that entire thing. Oh my God. We're all talking about it and she's missed it because she had to get up to pee. I know. I thought that was funny, but. Oh my God. I, (laughs) what a one to miss. I, I think it's that like the comedy almost, you know what I mean? Hilarious. It's, I, I love a little bit of 
comedy in in my my porn I do too. I do too. That comic relief, like I was talking about earlier with the group sex situations, um, you know, give me breaking the tension by somebody cracking a joke or making something funny is really definitely, um, I don't know, makes it a lot more comfortable. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, in this one particular, these are five minute short films and you're gonna see all kinds of different porn. It's all made specifically for this festival. And in this particular one, you had this guy shove a stick of butter up his ass before he leaves mm -hmm. to go on his day for the work day and comes home and puts a piece of toast in the toaster and um, butters his bread. Butters his uh, toast, with, yes. Yeah, or butters his toast with his ass. Yeah, it was epic. Like I said, all I had to say was that other one and you knew, <laughs> with the butter and you knew fucking exactly what I was talking about. So do you listen to the Lovecast? Are you a Dan Savage uh, podcast listener? I, so I'm very bad. Full disclosure, I'm horrible at listening to podcasts. Um, I will, there are some places where you can get like a transcript of a podcast and I will read. Um, and they don't do it. I've definitely seen some transcripts of Dan Savage. Um, and I think it's great when they do do that because I think it's very mm -hmm. uh, inclusive and accessible. Um, very. It's like, we, we don't do it for Foul Monkeys because honestly, we don't have the time. Um, but I would love it if we could. Um, so I like that. There's something about, I'm a huge music person, which you know, um, I get very distracted if I'm not listening to music um, in my, like in headphones. Like if I'm listening to a podcast, I still have music playing in my mind. So <laughs> it's hard for me to focus on, on, on people speaking. Um, but I wanted to listen to your stuff I've listened to. Um, I've done, you. of course, um, because I think it's wonderful to support other other podcasts. Um, and I try to like not let my um, hangups get in the way, but like um, your stuff. And there's a couple other podcasts that are associated kind of with Foul Monkeys a little bit. Like we're in kind of a, gay conglomerate of podcasts mm -hmm. um so i've been on some other podcasts through that and i've if i'm gonna be on a podcast i want to like listen to it a little bit and like know what it's about right right kind of get the idea of uh the host and the format mm -hmm. same same and then a lot of them i do listen to quite a few of them there's one called good morning sodomites that i like that's a good <laughs> one with zach zach noe towers anyway highly recommend love it um but yes um have you ever done porn yourself we were just talking about hump have you ever done porn yourself I have not. Um, that is, I secretly, like, I would kind of, like, love to. Um, but it's, like, a little bit of a step too far. Like, I'll talk about sex here or Foul Monkeys. Um, but if I do professional theater, like, I work a fair amount. Like, not everybody in Chicago does three, four shows a year. Like, that's, 
I do. Um, and I sometimes do worry about, like, if I am actually on film, um, especially, like, with my face. And I have a lot of tattoos. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's something I have been approached several times to do um, by some, like, like, not, like, a big-name studio or anything like that. Um, but, like, oh, gosh, Bear Films, I think? Or... So there's bear films and stocky dudes, um, which I have a friend who's done work for stocky dudes. And I think I almost did stocky dudes. Um, I talked to them a little bit and it was kind of uh, like my friends and everybody were like, if you want to do it, like we'll support you. But Mm -hmm. bear in mind that like this has been your concern in the past. So maybe don't. Um, I have, though, recently um, been a cameraman for Friends OnlyFans. That's fun. Have you enjoyed yeah. that? Yes, that is super fun. It's very hard to, like, not take part. Um, but two of my friends did a scene together, and it was super fun. And I'm very proud to say, like... I like I love OnlyFans. I think that that's great. I think it's a really great platform, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially like during the pandemic. It was a great way for people to make money. It was entertaining, and I know there's yeah. like a little bit of kind of like controversy about who should be on it, and kind of like because um, I know that there were like celebrities that were using it and just being like posting videos or whatever. Um, so I don't know about all of that, but. Um, it was, it was just super fun. And I don't like necessarily like you prop up a camera and then you just see like Mm -hmm. somebody like fucking somebody. I like angles. So Mm. I was like up in it. I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) And he said like, it's one of his best. Oh, really? Oh my God. Yeah. And that would be cool too. Cause if you had a cameraman who was really, you know, had that different eye and was, it's, it's very different than filming your typical thing, you know? Right. There's some places that you want to capture. Right. That sounds exactly. like so much fun. So sort of it like, um, you know, being, uh, being part of this creativity, like you were with the play that you directed, it's just a different, yeah. um, role. Dig it. Yeah. Dig it. Um, have you ever uh, gotten paid for sex? Yes. Um, which I didn't intend. I'm all for sex work. Like, Same. Se- we, we're so pro sex work around here. Love yes. sex workers. The name of the podcast is Horror Stories. We love it all. <laughs> yes. Um, 100%. Like, and I would. Um, and I've talked about actually my friend who I shot the video for um does escort um and he's been like girl if you want to make some cash like i'm like 250 an hour like you can absolutely seriously yeah good god so like i would absolutely do it i'm like so i'm again like a little bit nervous about putting my face on like a website Um, which is what he does. Um, But he has like a whole separate name, separate email, separate phone, separate like everything, Um, which is great and smart. And I've definitely like toyed with the idea. But um, once in college, 
I hooked up with this like super hot construction worker. And before we hooked up, he was like, it's kind of my kink to pay for sex. I'm into that. And he's like, would you be offended if I gave you 50 bucks to like suck your dick? And I was like, wait, you want to pay me to blow me? And I was like, where's the problem with that? I was like, absolutely. Like I'm absolutely down with this. And then I called my best friend after and I was like, guess what just happened? I'm buying lunch. my god that's so great i have had the best time talking with you adam i knew that you were going to be an awesome guest like i said i've wanted to have you on since i started this thing and i just appreciate you so much any upcoming horror stories you got anything crazy or wild on the horizon any naked vacations or anything this summer um no naked vacations but i will say the steam room at my gym was closed for like a really long time through covid and it just reopened and so far like shit has been popping off like it's been a fruitful experience so i'm looking forward to more um workouts (laughs) nice nice that's a good way to get yourself there to get what you need to be done yeah and then a little relaxation afterwards i like that man that's hell yeah (laughs) I have loved it. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Horror Stories. And I look forward to hearing you uh, soon on the next Foul Monkeys, Adam. Thank you. Yay. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sasha and I will be back with a catch-up episode soon. And we appreciate you for uh, listening and joining us. Thanks. Bye. listening to horror stories tales of the hustle inspire us if you'd like to share a horror story hit us up on our email at horrorstories at gmail.com that's w-h-o-r-e-o-r-s-t-o-r-i-e-s at gmail.com thanks for listening